0: Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode 104, and we have a treat for you tonight. Um, We have our special guest is Richard High, and you may know him from the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the TikToks. He is Angry Cops. Um, Chris and I had a great time uh, talking with him tonight, so I hope you enjoy it uh, as much as we enjoyed making it. So here you go, episode 104 with richard high uh also known as angry cops enjoy like and subscribe and all that good stuff too all right news station <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I think that's an
1: appropriate way to start, to start everything yeah
0: set the tone early exactly <laughs> i mean right, right is right
1: wrong is wrong yeah you trying to hit me with a skateboard i'm gonna thump your ass and it's it that almost sense makes that? sense doesn't
0: it i mean you know consequences to your actions and you know that's we can't talk about that because it's 2022
2: right so we gonna- have to make sure that the bad guy is the victim because it's not his fault that he decided to rob rape pillage skull fuck every innocent man woman and child out there in the middle of the streets right it's it's the way yeah. that his kindergarten teacher taught him sex ad and that's why he's obsessed <laughs> right he didn't know that there were zim Zers out there that he could have been. And because of that oppression, he's now out there shooting other people.
0: I mean, it makes perfect Z sense to is me. He's out there
2: shooting other people. Oh, I almost got canceled.
0: <laughs> I, I would. I don't think our tens of viewers are going to cancel you. Or if they did, uh, they, I don't think they'd get too far considering, uh-huh. you know.
2: A humble brag, tens of viewers. Good. Tens of viewers. Using that term. Yeah.
0: I love that. <laughs> Whenever like something's
2: expensive, I'll talk to my buddy and we'll be like, oh, man, it's all right. I've got YouTube money. I make tens of dollars on a weekend every once in a while. <laughs> tens of dollars? Like, oh, yeah, I can go. <laughs> you want to go to 7-Eleven? I'm your daddy. I can
0: buy two Slurpees.
2: <laughs> all the rolling, glistening logs of meat that you see underneath that <laughs> sneeze guard. is as, as far as the eye can see, that is I can get that for you. No problem.
1: Uh, hey, man, you know I want to hang out with him. He can buy me a Slim Jim. You can't buy a pack of gum.
0: Shh, fuck you, man. That's yeah, not go. funny.
1: Can get you some tornadoes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we've made a whole nine dollars now. That was so like a
1: whole forty-five seconds before I got to fuck you up.
0: We haven't been in the same room for like a month and a half. So, so it's been
1: glorious. I know it's I can we tell went. There's like a a jaded couple atmosphere about you two.
0: <laughs> well, so we met a little over eighteen years ago in the fire academy. And mm-hmm. he sat at the table behind me. And then we worked at the same station for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we know each other quite well. Damn, I can't
2: imagine staying at one spot for more than like five or six years. It I, wasn't my I, choice I, by either of us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope, it was not. <laughs> my position right now in the range wasn't my idea either. I was like, I should probably get off the streets. The amount of YouTube videos being made about me. Let me just... <laughs> Let me take myself away from this environment that I love so much. And just, uh, I'll just train some academy kids. Uh,
0: Well, I think uh, IA would be a great spot for you. Oh,
2: no. (laughs) Funny enough, I have made a lot of friends in the internal affairs (laughs) office based on the stupidity that people have, like, made complaints about me. I'll give you a story. Um, There is, Donut Operator actually did a video on it. There was an armed robbery came out. <clears throat> Kid gets robbed at gunpoint. They take his shoes. They take his bike. He runs away. Don't, they don't take his phone. He's able to run away in his, in his socks and call from, like, a couple blocks away. I'm only a couple blocks away, so I'm the first guy there. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Did you call? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what happened? Fill me in. What they look like? Where were they? He's like, they're one block over there. And I was like, one block? <laughs> get in the car. <laughs> we can get one now. Let's go, buddy. So... <laughs> So I put this kid in the back of my car and he's like, they're going to see me. I'm like, no man, the windows are tinted on the back. You're fine. Which they are not lying to the kiddies. I'm not going to make a victim, another victim again. So no. I'm like, no man, just point him out. So he, we get to the, the one block away and I got another car there. That's just backed me up and another car. I couldn't get there fast enough. And we're sitting there tumbling and, and tussling with a couple cats. They throw the gun. We grab the gun. One guy gets away. We grab him that, or, it was it was chaos. And so during the, the beginning parts of it where we grab the gun and we grab one of the guys that had it, they like passed it off to, we throw him in the back of the car, we secure the pistol in another car or in my pocket, I forget which, it's all blurred out. And I go up and I grab somebody else and I go, come here, you. And they're like, who, me? And I'm like, yeah, you fat boy. And I, grab, <laughs> I grab fat boy and I throw him in the back of the cop car because literally when we're driving up the kid that the victim goes you know it's this guy and that guy there i those two definitely robbed me that i can see right now and i was like okay cool well there's there's a couple guys in white shirts which one is it is the, is it the skinny one or the fat one he goes it's the fat one so i'm like cool, I've, got, I've got fat guy get fat guy and it came out come here fat boy and uh so I arrest him. It turns into an even bigger shit show because fat boy's a juvenile, and dad tries to let him out of a cop car after we've arrested him
0: for an armed
2: robbery, kind of a big deal. And a little bit, a little bit, right? You know, you think dad would be like, "I should probably step out of this one." No, he got in the middle of it. Yeah. So he goes down. He goes to jail because he's, you know, trying to unarrest someone that we're arresting out of a moving cop car. So that whole thing goes to trial and all this other stuff, and within like the first month, uh, I get an internal affairs complaint after this event within a month, and it's for the it's for the event. I'm like, what did I do wrong that I would get a complaint on this event? <laughs> I did everything wrong. I was super like pol- I want to say polite, but I was super professional. I told people like what to do, what they were getting arrested for. Come here, move this way, everybody back up. I was authoritative and stern, you know, which you could maybe think is an asshole, but I wasn't like disrespectful, flying off the handles, FUs, F this, you know, anything crazy. I get up to internal affairs and the internal affairs lieutenant's like laughing and shaking his head. He's like, hi, uh, whenever you come here, I know it's going to be funny. And I know that whenever you tell me what happened is going to be what I see in the video. But the way that you say things sometimes <laughs> cracks me up, and I'm like, "What do you mean the way that I say things cracks you up?" He's like, "Just, just watch the body cam footage with me," and I'm like, "Okay." And so I watch the body cam footage, and sure shit, you know, I'm walking around, and I grab the gun, and I grab the guy, and we're moving shit around, and I'm like, "Come here, you," and he's like, "Who me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you fat boy." <laughs> and I just, and he stops the video, and he goes. And you can see he's holding back because <laughs> like re- this is a recorded event. They record everything in internal affairs. So mm-hmm. he has to be uber professional too. And he's just like, do you recall calling him fat boy? And I was like, yes, sir. I absolutely did. He's like, why did you call him fat boy? I go, well, it was the physical description that I got from the victim at the time. There was two people in white shirts. One was skinny and one was fat. I asked him, is it the skinny or the fat one? He said, it's the fat one. And so that was just the thing that came out of my head: is you're the guy that I have to get. You're the fat one in the white shirt, and that's what I said. He's like, okay. Well, as the interview goes on, I I have fairly large vocabulary, so I just start thinking of different adjectives instead of fat <laughs> boy that I can use. I'm like this moderately husky child, this um, what I would consider obese uh, juvenile, you know. And I'm just keep laying it out there: this thick kid. Uh, I'm just. <laughs> my well, you don't want me to say fat, so it's <laughs> of saying fat.
0: Yeah, so you you got in trouble for fat shaming, a suspect.
2: And why you know it wasn't even fat shaming. I got I got in trouble for correctly describing the victim's uh, description of his assailant.
1: <laughs> Sounds about right.
2: Right. And you know what's going to happen is I get I I forget what happened to him but I'm I'm sure that he probably got off with like a, a juvenile offender status or youthful offender status. It was like, "Hey, even though you were involved with an armed robbery with a gun, you're still a good kid." Fuck? What?
0: <laughs> yeah. How I mean, that's got to be frustrating. It right? is. I'll, like, I'll tell you what. How, how do you guys deal with that? You don't. You just get you get super mad
2: and jaded. Uh, I'll give you an example.
1: That's probably the most honest answer we've had.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You get get super mad at the system that everybody says is out to get everybody. If you listen, listen, everybody in the world out there, the tens of people that are listening to this podcast right now, do you know how fucking hard it is to get convicted of something? So fucking hard. Because step one is the defense attorney, and the prosecutor get together and they look at your file and they say, all right, did he make a major mistake in this arrest? Even though there was no intention of making a mistake, was there some sort of procedural thing that would trip them up, right? So they get off on like a fucking freebie, just some random piece of paperwork that you, you wrote wrong. And then you go to court and you explain, I miswrote that box. It's supposed to be that, even though you're the one that filled it out. And you're the one there that's brought in to testify about the paperwork being done correctly or not. You'd be like, no, 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 I made a mistake. That's supposed to say this. They'll be like, ah, throw it out, throw it out. And you'd be amazed at some of the bullshit that happens that, it, that cases get thrown out on. So that's one. Two is they'll do a plea. And I'm talking about stupid pleas. I'm talking about this robbery against a, like, I think it's a 16 year old kid. And, like, one of them was like a 27 or 28 year old man. Robbing a 16-year-old with a gun and then beating the shit out of him with his friends, right? You're gonna say, "All right, that's that's a C felony." You've got you know double A A B C and it goes down the line of felonies, right? It's violent felony. Ooh, ah, big deal. With the gun in New York, ooh, ah.
0: I thought you guys didn't weren't allowed to have guns in New York.
2: Only the bad guys are, and they won't get charged with it because it's not their fault. So. (laughs) they'll drop that C felony that's probably, just for the gun alone is seven years maximum, just for the first gun. It's like five to seven. They'll drop it down to like a D or an E felony just to fucking get it out of the system, just so they can push through with some of the bigger murder bullshit and the nonsense that people want to take to trial because they think they can beat it. And so you're taking super felons and dropping them down to like, all right, we'll give you four years probation. You just robbed a 16-year-old to beat the shit out of him. That's a grown-ass man. That's basically child abuse. You're gonna let this guy walk around with a fucking firearm that he stole? What? And then the third way that you get convicted is you actually did it and you're so fucking caught that you, like you're red-handed and they don't plea anything down, which is very rare. So if you go through the entire system of you gotta get picked up by the police, you gotta do something wrong for us to see you, then we arrest you, then we gotta make sure all our paperwork is right that you don't get some, some plea on. Then it's gotta be your first time. If it's even if it's your second or third time, they'll fucking drop shit down like crazy, like it's nothing. You we've arrested teenagers with their third gun. And because their their records are like sealed, they'll have juvenile and youthful offender status, and they'll get those two first guns washed away like they never happened. So they'll be 19, and the judge will be like, oh, it's their first gun. You're like, no, your honor, it's their third one, but we can't bring up the other two because their records are sealed. And then because it's their first gun, they get like two years probation. You're like, this is their third gun. Their third gun in New York state, illegally owned, half of them were stolen, and you're giving them two years of just probation? Like they give a fuck? And now they took away probation. Like probation used to have teeth. They used to go inside your house whenever the fuck they wanted. Because guess what? You were a felon that decided I don't want to go to jail, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lose some of my freedoms, so I'm not in jail. And now they just New York State said, ah, you know what? Fuck it. Just uh, when you're on probation, it's just like out of jail normally. Call in when you want. Leave the state. Don't let anybody know. Yo, it's bad. It's fucking bad. So yeah. <laughs> yeah if somebody's convicted of something and they're like ah oh, man i got a raw deal no man you you super fucked up and now i know that you're a turd because you don't own it i've got friends that are felons they're like yeah man i fucked up i did this thing i got caught i should have done it another way wish I would not have gotten caught and i'm like i respect that All right.
0: not that they shouldn't have done it they should have just done it to where they didn't get caught
2: yeah i mean i know dope boys that i i like i can't go and arrest them right now but i know that they move they move kilos and kilos of coke and dope i had a dope boy buy me breakfast one time i was like nope no thank you gave the lady uh gave the waitress um the bill again she's like oh he paid for you i was like well, i'm not taking that money no ma'am here's an extra 25 dollars he gave you a tip i don't we're not friends
0: <laughs> oh so i mean besides making youtube videos how do you deal with that frustration? I drink <laughs>
2: I, I drink that's... and I talk I talk to other cops about it, and we all get pissed off about it, but then we realize that that's why like being a cop is is such a brotherhood, right it, it, It's a different type of camaraderie than the military and and firemen it's It's different, but a camaraderie of brother and sisterhood in, 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 the, in similar ways, uh, because you, you deal with the same trauma, right? whether it be you know a kid that's beaten or dead or run over accidents or it's a heinous crime like you know tops we had the uh the uh the buffalo shooter that shot up uh the racist piece of shit that came up from uh, way down way down state to come and shoot up a, a black uh shopping center a grocery store mm-hmm. yep. and and the first two officers i know and i was talking with one of them and i was like, hey. I heard that you're kind of fucked up. I would be fucked up too. When I got back home from overseas, I saw a shrink. You better be seeing a shrink. He's like, yeah, I got to, I'm starting to talk. I think I'm going to talk to somebody. And I was pushing it heavy. Like you got to, like you can't just drink around the fireplace and talk to a bunch of cops that went through some shit and had a hard day before. You got to go talk to to somebody about seeing 11 fucking headshots of, you know, of black people, innocent black people. They're like, you, yeah. So when, we all just kind of bitch, we get jaded, because the system that we're here to kind of like, put the people we're here to protect in this system that we have as a government, right? It does. We can't protect them. Every time that we go out and we do something that takes a bad guy off the street, the bad guy is painted as an innocent that, oh, just made a one mistake. And we're painted as some sort of like dog frothing at the mouth, waiting to bite some poor minority, like in those crazy, uh, like 1950s and 60s, black and white photos at college campus uh, protests. It's like, it like, man, I live in the city that I work in. I love my city. Every time I go somewhere, I tell people how proud I am of my city, how great it is, how it's uh, uh, this amazing mixture of white, black, Hispanic, and we, I'm talking like we got crazy Burmese. We got people straight from Africa. It is, a, when they say melting pot, my city is an amazing melting pot of people that really get along, which is odd because when you get a whole bunch of people from a bunch of different viewpoints in life and they get together, usually you'd think there'd be some sort of chaos, but it, there isn't. There's no race war in Buffalo. There's no whites versus blacks. There's no Hispanic. There's like a, a majority black part of town, a majority Hispanic part of town but it's not seen as like they're pushed off in that that area. It's kind of like their cultural center. It's Buffalo's a really unique town and it's super frustrating to have the head honchos in New York state and even in my county that say, we need to protect the bad people that are making all of this harder instead of assisting police officers and the people that need to be protected that are giving you their hard-earned tax money. It, to, to see them cast on the wayside for stuff like bail reform is absolute trash.
0: Well, I think that's part of that is just the people that are making those decisions are just so out of touch with reality and what really goes on at yeah. the, the normal people level, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about politicians who've never had a real job. You know, they've spent their whole career in politics and they have these ideals, but they don't know how that shit works. well, The
2: other thing, too, is you'll get like brand new people and like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is from New York. She lives in New York City. And I tell you, the rest of the state hates New York City and for good reason. So she was like this brand new bubbly personality that had a whole bunch of stupid ideas and she wasn't in politics forever. But she, where did she grow up? She, she grew up in New York City, one of the most liberal cities in the United States, where it's a fucking echo chamber, where anybody that's like conservative or right-leaning, almost independent or a moderate are looked at as like crazies. Like how, when, you're, when you grow up in that bubble and you think that the other person on the other side of the aisle is just a complete nut job and all they're trying to do is bring down, you know, minority folks that you're fighting so hard for because all you've heard for the past 30 years of you growing up in New York City is how racist and horrible the country's been. But this, this city is a utopia because we're going in this specific direction. But I would agree that a lot of people stuck in politics for a long time lose their head too far up their ass. But there's also people like AOC that just are in this echo chamber that don't know how to think outside the box or say that they're wrong. And then you get stuck with dopes like that. Who, I mean, she's got to be voted in forever. I don't see her constituency changing anytime soon. They're no. going to vote for, they're going to vote a female minority out of a position to give it to some to who. And then that's racial politics, which is in itself just the most ridiculous thing ever.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not going to get on a big soapbox about that. They uh, the whole being separated or divisive along those type of lines especially in a country like this is so stupid because it is like you said we're a huge melting pot the whole Mm -hmm. country is like that oh yeah and we we have more similarities than we have differences and if as long as we let politicians divide us we're going to continue to be divided Mm -hmm. so you know vote them out or deal with the consequences
2: Oh well, New York State's dealing with the consequences. I mean, you've got a brand new governor that we're—I'm in—I'm well—I work for that. I work for. I work for her.
0: You do. <laughs> so.
2: So there's that. There's, work for.
0: Yep. What do I? buy? With a glorious mustache.
2: Man, speaking <laughs> of people that redid the bail reform that fucked everything up, <laughs> my governor. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Wow. wow, wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's she just, was only. We'll just but, move on, Rich. How about that? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back I, to talking about mental health. <laughs>
2: yeah, I got in enough trouble with Governor Cuomo. So I, I you know, <laughs> I already got a smack on the PP from him. So I got to watch what I say about this current one.
0: Yeah. Um, how many deployments did you do?
2: Two. I did two. Both of them were to Iraq. The second one was supposed to be Afghanistan, which I was excited about because I, you know, I already did Iraq and I, I wanted to try Afghanistan. And I had a bunch of buddies that went and It's a completely different um, combat zone than Iraq. Not just, you know, spatially on the globe, but it's it's a different environment. But unfortunately, at the last second, I think like a month or two before, uh, before my deployment, it changed back to Iraq.
0: All right. And you did see a shrink when you got back?
2: Oh, fuck yeah. The first time I got back, I was 19 and and I didn't see a shrink and I was and I you know you're seeing all these people and they tell you all the warning signs they're like listen we know you're young you're indestructible you don't think you've changed you've changed please talk to a shrink please talk to somebody just twice twice so then you can figure out oh that you're different and blah blah nope I ignored that and I said no I'm fine and I wasn't I was not, it took me like six, seven months to kind of get back to normal ish, um, to the civilian side, you know, where my, cause I, at the time I lived with, um, I was staying with my, my parents in my, my old bedroom. I moved out shortly <laughs> after. Like, I, I grew up. But, like,
0: right, I, right, I joined right. the
2: Army at 17, you know? And then I got my – and I'm in training, and I'm not at home. You know, I get You don't have of to make school.
0: excuses, Rich. You don't have to yeah, make I was, excuses. It's fine. I'm some living in my
2: parents' basement for a couple <laughs> months after uh, my first deployment, you know? No, I, so I got an apartment right afterwards. But uh, my dad, like, noticed me when I came home for the first couple of months. He's like, yeah, you changed. And my sisters, uh, my poor, my young one of my younger sisters was just like, I was terrified of you. You were you were different, you were angry, you would yell at me for not getting stuff done. I was like, Well, because I asked you three times, you lazy piece of shit. She's <laughs> <was> like, see, <laughs> see? I'm like, Oh yeah, you're not in the army. You're you're not at this level of I should ask you once and you should do it. And immediately, yeah. because what else are you doing? I'm like, well, she's doing her own fucking thing, dude. And so after my second, I think I went and saw a shrink before my second tour. And then after my second tour, I went right away and started talking to a shrink and was like, listen, I'm worried that I'm going to be some dickhead for the next seven, eight months afterwards and not realize it. And, you know, and, and hurt personal relationships that I have with my family and friends, I want to make sure that doesn't happen. And luckily, because I was so aware of it after the first time, I was pretty good after like a couple of visits and talking some things through and, you know, Self checking on myself was already good, but you know, talking to the shrink about some issues that I'm having and then talk through that to make sure that, oh, look out for this. This is when you're doing something wrong, or look out for that because then that's going to set you up for something that's going to piss you off later on. Blah, blah, blah. With the help yeah. it that way. Up until even like, uh, I think two years ago, I was still going to the VA and talking to shrinks. Yeah, I, I still think- will. Every once in a while, I'll I get I get in a bad spot and I call up a friend. I've got a good support chain. And I'll be like, man, I'm having a bad day. And it, oftentimes it's another cop. And the, they're like, I know. Some of them served. Some of them didn't. They're just good cops Then good buddies of mine. And, you know, we link up because we've been through some you know, different shit, but similar trauma. And and they are like, come on over for dinner. We're going to have a beer. We're going to watch some old school 90s wrestling on YouTube. And we're going to bullshit <laughs> and talk about what's going on. And I'm like, fuck yes. But you've got to build that. That doesn't just come naturally. You've got to build that with your friends.
0: Well, yeah, being able to have that kind of conversation that uh, I don't think a lot of people have that. Or a lot of it, people
2: are as open as I am. I live my life in a fishbowl. If I'm feeling something, I say it right off the rip. And that's that's not that's not everybody.
0: Well, no, and it's not really encouraged. And I know it on the fireside. Sharing emotions isn't one of those things that's just like, hey, let's do that. You know, well, it's a shut the fuck up and do your job type thing
2: we're getting away from that in Buffalo because we've had three suicides unfortunately in the department in the past uh, three years. So one of them out really recently, a couple months ago, and it's just been a mess. It's a, yeah. it's been a mess because instead well, of, you know, having a drink with the boys and like focusing on the issues of the stress you have on the job, it turns into just getting hammered and making bad decisions at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not here to shit on anybody that goes home and gets absolutely lit behind their closed doors and causes no issues. You do whatever you want to do behind closed doors. but if you're if you're looking for assistance or you're having that feeling or you're you're just treading water and you're about to drown because of some sort of stress that you're having, overindulging in alcohol, a depressant, is not going to help you alone. Sure, have a drink, relax. Get yourself to chill out for a second and then open up to a buddy about, hey, I'm in a fucking bad spot. That I understand. But we're, yeah. we're having some issues within the city of Buffalo Police Department with, like I said, officer suicide, three happening in the past several years.
0: Yeah, but you guys are taking steps, um, assuming? We have a peer support hoping. group, but okay. they're kind of crossing
2: that hurdle of, I don't know if people see it this way, right? But I'm go- I'm a good judge at like, viewing things through other people's lens. I'm worried that my department, as in just the guys that are on the street that need assistance, are going to view this peer assistance group as either one, a snitch to the administration, which I don't, some of the cops on here are hardworking, good cops. They're, they're not going to do that. So talk to the right ones, right? There's a solve there, but still an issue. Yeah. And two, that it's like a rubber gun squad, that you talk to them, you say some things, and then they're going to have to be obligated to say something to somebody and now you've got your livelihood taken away, right? Talk yeah. about a stressor. I'm not saying a suicidal cop is a good thing to have on the street with a gun in his hand. But talking to somebody about stress and saying that you're having these things is a big way of letting some guilt and some stress off your shoulders so that you can continue in doing what you're doing. And that consistency, that schedule that you have is something you can absolutely rely on as a constant to keep your mind off of the stresses, right? If you go to the gym every day, if you have some sort of structure in your life, that's very good for mental stability. So if you take that away, now what? Now you're stuck at home for fucking the entire week, 10 hours to yourself, just you and the television and these fucking voices in your head and you can't talk to your buddy in the car right next to you because you're not at work. Holy shit, that's a fucking bad slope. So I feel like there's some hesitancy to use this group of people especially in the beginning it's it's weighing down that 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 hesitancy is is slowly giving way but it's not to the point where somebody can say hey i saw this thing i'm kind of fucked up about it i gotta i gotta just say something to somebody because i don't know what to think about it and i need to bounce it off you
1: yeah,
0: or well,
2: i need i need some help i saw this crazy definitely get thing.
1: there go ahead it, it, you know, it, it just takes time because I know when we had ours implemented, it took a long time for people to buy in.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you're talking still... about a whole culture shift. Yeah, is what has to happen. And especially with you guys have it a little bit different than on the fire side of you guys do have to worry about that. Are they going to take me out of, you know, out of the out of the game, basically? Yep. Whereas we don't necessarily have to worry about that. I mean, on the extreme side. Yeah, that can happen. I mean,
1: you Talking you talk super extreme. Yeah, I think what helped us was when it got brought to us. It was FDNY that brought it to us. Like they mm-hmm. had what was that, six or seven guys come out, and because they, they started theirs after nine eleven, and I think that helped you know our guys buy into it because it was other firefighters from a a big department that's well respected bringing it to us.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it had a little bit of traction to start, but. Again, it was a lot of hesitancy, and it got there eventually.
0: Yeah, but it's about having the right people in that. That's going to take that confidentiality aspect of it very seriously, because yep. the worst the 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 first time somebody goes and shares with somebody on peer support, and then their business gets spread through the whole department, peer know support that. is cratered r- exactly right then.
2: Yeah, it's done. Better change the name and put some different officers in there because nobody's going to peer support again.
0: Exactly. Huh. Fuck man. I'm sorry you guys are having to deal with that, but unfortunately you're not the only department. I mean yeah. that shit is fucking nationwide. How's your yeah. Go ahead? No, go ahead.
2: I was gonna say, yeah, it's it's an unfortunate kind of part of the job. Like you wanna you wanna get into the job to help people and then you don't realize the consequences that you have to deal with just for trying to help someone that you don't know. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, how do you, how do you prepare somebody for that? Like, I a mean, rigorous
2: academy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you, you, you want some straight answers. I'm going to you straight no, answers. No, uh, I, I
2: mean, right now, a rigorous Academy. Uh, I'm, I'm in my Academy right now and I don't like any of the recruits. I don't like any of them. <laughs> uh, dude, there there are instructors that go in there. And they say, "Hey, listen! I want to see you succeed. I don't. I want (laughs) to see you fail. I want to see all you morons that don't want to be here, that want to come in here for like the, you know, the eighty thousand dollar paycheck after five years, and uh, and just want to sit down and be a slug and not work your balls off. I want you to go away. I want the cream of the crop. Tell me I'm wrong. No,
0: you're not wrong. My so so my thing.
2: Get them out of here.
0: Hey." I am in a hundred percent agreement with you on that, of the people that don't want to be here or don't need to be here or think of it as just a job and not a calling, Mm -hmm. let them go do something else. And that's not a, that's not a knock on them. If that's how they feel, whatever, go do something else. Have that self-awareness. Yeah. My thing is how do you prepare somebody for pulling up and seeing a three-year old shot in the face
2: Oh, dude. and then
0: not have the consequences of going, you know,
2: my Academy class, uh john michael i forget his last name i I don't want to say it anyway because i don't want to throw him under the bus i think i remember it but i don't want to get it wrong uh but john we get out of the academy we're still technically in the academy because our academy has like a couple weeks where you're doing field training with the department that you're on and then after like a month or two you go back to the academy have your graduation and then you go to your department as a probationary police officer for another year where they can get rid of you if you're not a good fit right off the jump. So it's his first day on patrol. He's a genuinely very, very intelligent person and spoke like several languages, already had like a degree in something. And his first call on his first day is uh, grandmother stabbing a kid. So he gets to the call and it's this grandma that's zonked out on something. I don't know what, with two butcher knives deep decimating a baby. dead. It's eviscerated. Just imagine a head and arms and legs and there's no abdomen. It's just gone. It's just gone. And his his, uh, field training officer, this woman gets up and starts walking to him with the knives. He puts her down. Boom, boom, done, down, out. She doesn't make it. So now you got two dead people and this kid, this this other family member is trying to fight their way in to see what's going on with their baby and their grandma and this rookie after seeing all this shit and hearing it and knowing what's going on is now trying to fight back people from getting into this crime scene, still trying to keep his field training officer safe that who just had to use deadly force. That was his first day. He quit. I can't blame him. I'm not shitting on him whatsoever. He had a horrible first day. He had no ramp up for that. There were guys like myself that have seen combat before and have seen, you know, what war does to, you know, what explosives do to a human being. And, (laughs) and so like, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, I know I would have had a hard time seeing a kid like that. I know I would have, there's no way I wouldn't, I would have seen this kid and been completely fine, but at least I've seen some things in my lifetime that I've been able to overcome that I could have probably handled it and not, and not, not said, Oh, that's fucking it. That's it. I'm done. You know, I feel bad for the kid. Great. Like I said, and very intelligent. He's absolutely fine doing another job in another occupation. I, I lost track of him like five years ago. But that's, yeah, you're right. How do you train somebody so that their first day on the job where you put on a uniform, it's dead baby, grandma killing. Now you've got to shoot grandma.
0: Yeah. I mean, so how do you, how do, you do that in an, in an academy?
2: Stress. You know? But I... I'm worried that some I'm worried that city administrators and the overseers of academies, which usually is like um like a a community college dean, whatever they might be, because they're often you know, uh, county colleges often host, a specifically I'll speak for New York, host a county police academy where everybody in that county gets sent to. So you've got like the head of the academy who usually was a police officer in some aspect, and then you've got them who they answer to the dean. Then you have the department administration and the city that hires an administration. My worries are that people in civil service, whether it be the water authority or parking tickets, These, not fire or police, look at civil service jobs like fire and police and say, well, you took an exam, you should be able to get in. And we should give you as many times and as many chances as you can to pass it, because once you do, you're good to go. It's like, no. This is much different. It's physically taxing. It's mentally taxing. I have to make split-second decisions. I have to know when to, when to use and not use force, and what level I can use. Otherwise, now I'm on CNN or Channel Four and uh, my <laughs> local television station who has a fucking hard-on for me, <laughs> and you know, so it's stressed. Stress makes turn it turns coal into diamonds, right? Yeah, but. I don't think that they understand what good stress is. So I'll give you an example. I was in the academy and I was teaching some recruits and they kept coming in without their faces shaved. Now, at the time you had to have your faces cleanly shaven. Uh, Since then, my department's changed policy where you can have beards, which is great. Love that. But first day, they come in for inspection. I'm the guy giving inspection. I lay it on the line. Good afternoon. My name is Officer Richard Hyde. You call me sir or officer or instructor. Hi, that is it. There's no, hey, dude, guy, hey, hi. We are not friends. If I see any of you call anybody other than instructor or officer, sir, ma'am, I go, you are going to deal with me. And they're like, oh, okay. I go, day one, Buffalo, I told you you had to shave. You're not shaving. Everybody do push-ups. Obviously, we don't know how to follow rules. Then the next time they came in like a day or two later for their next inspection and they're all wearing their masks because it was COVID. I'm like, oh good, you've shaved, you've shaved even though you know, you've know got your masks on but you've shaved, fantastic. Remove you moved your mask? Let me make sure that you shaved all the way. Remove, remove your mask, trainee. And yes. sure as shit, two of the trainees got fucking full, you know, goatees and shit. Not even a mustache, right? It's a go fucking tee. So I can go fuck myself, right? That's what right. <laughs> I think I said something similar like that. I, was, I said something like, oh, I'm dumb, right? You're, you're so smart that you think that I'm stupid and that I won't look and see if you shave right. Awesome. We're going to run outside and pick up some snow. It's Buffalo after all. <laughs> go outside. You're going to pick up snow from that snowbank, like uh, 200 meters away. And you're going to bring a handful of snow in on your left hand and stand in position of attention in front of me. And I knew they were going to fuck it up and they did. They show up <laughs> some of them didn't have snow in their hand. It melted and some, so they didn't grab enough. Some of them had it in the right hand, the other left hand. I was like, okay, cool. You still don't know how to follow instruction. Go put the snow back, go put your snow back in the, into the fucking mound that was over there, 200 meters away. So they run back. And that was basically our inspections for the day. And you know what? After a couple inspections like that, because uh, there was like two sides, there was an A and a B side because it was such a large group. There were no issues with discipline. And that's just a small amount of what I can offer you. <laughs> <and
0: your family. laughs> oh, but then no. I, got,
2: I got taken away from them. I wasn't uh, able to do the uh, inspections the following year. There were, there were complaints that I was too hard. And I think that's the hardest thing that I did and that, uh, that, I, that it was, um, I don't know, that I was intimidating, which fine, good, I should be intimidating. I think some six foot four yoked Viking on PCP is gonna be intimidated by scrawny little you? Like, who gives a shit? You're gonna meet intimidating people on the job. So I was, I, I was politely told that they're gonna go in a different direction, <laughs> and then what do you know? What do you know? This academy, a whole bunch of dummies, that are being a whole bunch too late, to st- late. They're being late. They're being disrespectful. They're sleeping in class. They're doing all this dumb shit. Two of them, two of them called me hi. Oh, the balls. So I'm at- Have, I'm the have they not
0: seen your YouTube channel at all? They did.
2: One of them, one bless his heart. He's like, I love your videos. And I looked at him. I was like, go away from me. <laughs> if you've seen my videos- then you should know why you should get away from me, trainee. <laughs> I shake my head and I stare at them exactly like that. They'll come up to me. Oh, excuse me. Um, hi. Who? <laughs> what? Did you, what did you call me? Did you call me hi? Do I know you? Try again. Uh, sir? Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. I tell you what, since you forgot my first name, you can go run that way a hundred yards and then run right back. So then you can go find my name and bring it back to me.
0: Go find my name <laughs> over there.
2: Go find it. It's sir. It's a hundred yards over that way at that steel container. You have to touch it and pick it up. Let me see you pick up my name. Then they'll run <laughs> over there and they'll pick up my name and they'll come back and they'll go, instructor high of question. I'm like, okay, awesome. Or officer high, whatever. Uh, but see, that's that's the shit that you got to teach. And if anybody from the city of Buffalo is looking at this and going, like, what an animal. I'm like, isn't that a good way to teach you to call everybody sir, ma'am, and be respectful whenever you're going to a call? If you have a question, regardless of if you're frustrated or not, that you address everybody in a, in a, in a professional and respectful manner. Hmm. It's almost like I intended that to be the lesson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, that goes back to the whole having standards and enforcing them and not bending on the standards. It's not I, That's what I don't get. It's not hard to fire somebody
2: and then tell them to come back. Hey, listen, you, you suck. Here's the deal. You suck. We gave you a whole bunch of lessons and things to learn, and you didn't learn them the way that we wanted you to learn them. We even set up a standard of how you should do it, and you didn't do it. So here's the deal. You can resign, and you can go in the academy at a later date. Just, you know, we'll call you up again, maybe even the next academy. Maybe you just, you quit now, and then in three months, you're back at it again, but you've got a new mindset. You've refreshed your brain into knowing where you need to be and how you need to act. Cool, fine. I've got no problem with somebody going through the academy three times. Four times, uh, it's not for you, right? Right? The first time you made a mistake, you fucked up. You're like, all right, anybody fucks up once. Twice. Twice you could be like, man, I got this far the first time. And then when I got past that point, my brain went to mush. Or you were bad at firearms, which is on the second half of the academy. Cool. Go through a third time. Fuck it. When you go through a fourth time, that means you probably made it through the entire academy at least once. And you've gone through half of it at least three times now. So what are we doing here?
0: Well, have a little bit of self-awareness and pick a different career field.
2: There's nothing wrong with not being a cop. My father was a plumber. My mother was a secretary among some other, a ton of other jobs that she would do. She jumped from different secretary job to secretary job, going all over the place, selling insurance, doing whatever she could. And God bless her for doing that. There's no shame in saying, but this doesn't work out for me. I'm going to try something else or just coming back to it at a later date. But if it's not for you, don't be the 390 pound police officer that struggles to get out of the cop car, just because you know, you can't get fired because there's no physical training standards anymore.
0: Which blows my mind of why. And and it's on the fire department too. We don't have a, like, Why I,
2: I don't know. You know, I I think it's because people are, are afraid of failing. I think that's why I think you've got guys that get injured or get hurt or whatever excuse, a legitimate or illegitimate excuse that they have. And they're afraid that if they make a rule that they may not be able to follow it.
0: Yeah. Well, guess what though? The the consequences of that are if you're that egregiously out of shape or unable to do the job, it could cost somebody their life. One of your friends.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah. So You're going to tell me that you can't run anywhere? You've got to use a car to get to a whole bunch of places because you're so out of shape? How the fuck is that going to work out when I'm running through the projects where cars don't fit because they intentionally put up barricades so cars can't go in and out of there? What? i got to sit there for 30 seconds, which feels like an eternity as I'm getting pistol-whipped with somebody else's gun? Yeah. No, thank you. Got to get there fast. Better steal a moped.
0: Maybe they could uh, find that guy with the skateboard. <laughs>
2: he can flip his way over to protect me.
0: <laughs> oh, man. You got anything? You're just going to sit over there silent for the whole. No, I'm, hey. the, I'm the
1: fat guy. I can't say nothing. About <laughs> <laughs> he's, talking I, about, not I, he's talking about me.
2: I mean, Hey, listen, change <laughs> <It's> your life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm gonna have to go home and eat my feelings now. <laughs>
2: oh Jesus! It looks like he ate somebody else's too.
1: He did. Why do you think Jeremy's skinny?
2: <laughs> he looks oh. over at Jeremy every time at lunch, Are you to
0: finish that and just grabs it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I will look out for
1: my guys. What can I, what can I say?
2: <laughs> hey man, there's nothing wrong with having the strong. If you hey, if you're big, you better be strong. That's it. You want to be you want to be lean, you're the fast guy. Cool. You want to be you want to be bigger, you better be the strong guy. I'll chase the guy down, but you better be huffing and puffing your way behind me quickly so (laughs) then you can, you know, help me put this guy in handcuffs.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm,
1: I'm the guy that lays on top of the combative patient. You're a jack. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just smother him.
0: (laughs) I can't breathe. I'm sure you can't breathe.
2: (laughs) This is the decision that you made, sir.
0: Consequences. That's right.
2: I can't move. Well, there's a reason you can't move. Sir, you're in restraints why well <laughs> you were praising the devil at one point and you were trying to cut your penis off uh pretty sure you don't like the devil and that you want to keep your penis so we had to tie you down to the gurney
1: i've run that call
0: uh no, I'm out. That call.
2: my buddy had a call where uh this dude is this dude is uh he's like 30 years old something like that And his mom calls guy's a little off Mom calls. He's like, hey, he's, you know, he's got some issues. I think he's schizophrenic and some other whatever. Uh, and he's, he's going crazy in his room and, like, smashing stuff up. I need you to come over and, uh, you know, mental health law him, take him to the hospital for uh, viewing, overnight viewing, and, you know, possibly some mediation with a counselor or maybe medication, too, if he's out of it or on it or whatever, right? You figure out more once you get there. So they show up, and uh, dude's there, and he's naked as one is when they're crazy. They're, they're yeah. always naked. They're always naked. I have a rule. It's always tackle the naked guy or the shirtless guy. But the naked guy is always the one that causes trouble. But if you see somebody running away from a scene and he's shirtless, 10, nine out of ten, that is the guy that is, that is the issue. All right. Nine one call. We got a fight. Okay, cool. You show up there. Whoop, whoop. You see a shirtless guy run. He's one of them. Uh, he's one of the fighters. He's one of, them. he's one of them. We got somebody threatening a two-year-old at a, at a, at a daycare. Where's the shirtless guy? Yeah. You know he's shirtless. So <laughs> my, my buddy pulls up to this, you know, this call with, you know, you know, 60, 70-year-old mom and 30-year-old schizophrenic son, and it's like, what's going on, buddy? Like, uh, it's okay. I fixed it. I got the demons out. They're like, what do you mean you got the demons out? And they look down, and his hands are bloody, and uh, he had ripped out his own testicles and put them in the sink. Wow. Split his, oak, split his sack right down the seam, pop those bad boys out, and put them on the sink. Mom, uh, mom fainted when she saw them. She was like, what are those? Oh, boom.
0: Holy shit. Wow. Yep. That's a... Uh...
2: He was super anti-abortion, and he went all the way.
0: Um, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. definitely Ooh. an effective method of birth control. Ooh.
2: That's true. Could you imagine just being crazy enough to say, man, look at those balls. I got to get them out of me. They're making me sin. And then you just split your sack open and rip them right out. Just Mm. 100% committed to it. Go on, gentlemen. Think about that for a second. I'm (laughs) I'm thinking about that. Are you okay? (laughs) The the
1: commitment you have to have and the pain tolerance – that man could have
2: been an ultra marathon winner runner yeah. with that mindset. They were like, I feel no pain, I'd run through
1: everything. Why didn't the voices tell him to run a marathon? Good oh. Lord.
0: They never tell you to do anything constructive.
1: Right? It's always that, like, that's the people you got to drop into the war zones. Like, hey, yep. go 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 take care of that over there. Go. Mhm. like the ones that are like the FBI
2: is watching me, man. Yeah. You're <laughs> absolutely right. The FBI is. That's why you <laughs> Here's this knife and grenade. Go in that building. Kill everyone. As far as you can see, they're the ones looking for you. Yep. What do I do when I'm done? You're expecting to survive this? Oh yeah. And you're like, well, oh, uh, I I guess stand out, um, stand outside of the building. How are you gonna know it's me though? Ah, jeez. how are we gonna know that it's him? I got an idea. I'll rip my balls out and I'll hold them in my hands. That way you know that it's me. Oh, Jeremy, no, no, somebody else's balls, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, somebody else's balls, not yours. Can we have you remain intact? This is going to go bad. Like, I know we want everybody to die, but this guy's going to make it really bad looking. It looks like a mountain lion just went off inside of this, you know, Iraqi military camp and just ate everybody. Balls just over the wall. Balls to the wall. That's where that that came from. It came from the Gulf War with uh, schizophrenic army personnel named jeremy
0: oh wow thanks for giving him my name <laughs> appreciate that rich that's uh
2: i mean i'm not saying that it was you but uh if I anybody mean... in this conversation was going to tear off their balls <laughs> it would be you definitely them right see yeah Again, he's got that yeah he's got that it's in the eyes voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of the soul behind it mainly
0: yeah uh fuck you both And <laughs> <laughs> i say that with love
2: that's a massive amount of spit you've got in that Pepsi can.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a that's an all day bottle. Ugh, I can can you you can work then like
2: you can do things and move and like be a functioning member of society with the lipperin. Uh huh. I cannot. I have to sit down and watch a football game. I am. I should not be mobile. I'm. I have to. Uh-uh.
0: I I will I will have a dip in, put my face piece on, and go in a fire and come out. It, not a not a problem
2: you can you can gut your dip
0: i can i usually don't i just wait
2: one of the ncos that i work with puts a dip in when he goes to bed
0: um Damn. yeah i have not asleep with a dip in
2: he does it every night he just he's like yeah man so i go to bed i put a dip in and i just fall asleep i go you so you got it you gut you while, while you're sleeping like yeah you're not spitting it out he's like yeah man why i'm like ooh i had a sergeant major that used to gut red man Oh, yeah. He was an animal.
0: I can only imagine.
2: Like, he was one of those like normal looking like 170 pounds scrawny dudes. Not scrawny, but like a normal built like dad that likes to go running or something. Yeah. And and he would just he was an animal. You looked at him. he would be like, oh, that's a normal guy. And then he'd pop that lipper in and then he'd go on a mission with you. And, you know, any training event, you'd be like, this guy's a fucking animal. <laughs> He's like 55 years old. Dad, I, damn. When I'm 55, I'm probably going to have schizophrenia and tear my balls off with you.
0: <laughs> or being a walker, who knows? <laughs> well, you know, they don't make them like that anymore. So. Balls?
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. There's been a lack of balls. I think a lot of people have been tearing them out intentionally, especially over the past couple of years. Wow, we're getting into trans activism here. <laughs> <Even Yep>. Unintentional door <laughs> unintentional opened.
0: <laughs> oh you, you've been saying yeah. we need uh...
2: <laughs> give me some topics we can't talk about and i'll bring them up anyway
0: <laughs> well we had hmm. tens of viewers and can yeah, we you get know, canceled I mean... like would anybody notice we... yeah i don't think we're big enough to get canceled so fire right away way. <laughs> but once you get big they'll bring oh, it back. Co- co- yeah, it comes back. It's yeah. got to be at
1: least 10 years before it can come back to haunt
0: you. Oh, that's that's right. I f- I so, forget. I'm not good with you. the Yeah, I'm not good with the social media thing. I don't know how all that shit works.
2: You'll be one step away from hosting the Golden Globes and then they're going to take it all away for this stupid issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can only I mean
1: <laughs> you got to Ricky Gervais
0: that. Just not give a shit.
1: Yep. Hey, Just double it, down on it.
0: Yep. If I'm hosting hosting the Golden Globes, then I think I've already just sold right the fuck out.
2: Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. You would sell out anyway.
0: I mean everybody's everybody's got a price, man. Absolutely.
2: Getting that close to a lot of famous boobs. You might think about selling out.
0: Mm. I shoot my (laughs)
1: shit.
2: Right? So one thing that I think set up our uh, my generation for failure was the uh, after Janet Jackson's nip slip, we're all secretly hoping that they're going to be more and more frequent. They never are. No. The no. possibility of another celebrity nip slip is just – it went down after that, actually.
0: Yeah, they locked those up pretty quick. Mm-hmm.
2: My dad wrote a nasty email to the NFL after that. He's like, oh. I'm watching. Oh, my dad was Pissed. pissed. My dad was pissed. I'm sitting there watching it, you know, as a family, and we're like, yeah, go teams. It wasn't the Bills, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who was playing that Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, I remember the show. It was her and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I remember that, but I couldn't tell you who was playing.
0: Does it really yeah. matter? Anyway, your dad wrote a. Oh, no, that nasty... was that. He
2: just wrote a letter. He's like, what is wrong with you? Like, I'm watching this with my kids. It's like a family event. Like, it's competition. It's Americana. And now I got to explain why some over the hill titty just fell out of a <laughs> corset with fucking bedazzled beads. And she's got, oh, yeah. and she does, she's got normal fierce. nipples. Yeah, she's got, she's got a fucking knit piercing pasty on. So now my teenage daughter in high school is like, What the fuck is that? And he's like, Shut, just shut. All, all he's trying to do is keep his daughters off the pole. And then he got, he got Miss Jackson, ah, you know, just bearing it all out there.
0: Well, do you know? Not much I, I could really say to that.
1: That's It didn't bother me any. I know that much.
0: Yeah.
1: It was so I did, fast. I, I,
2: like, I don't think I even remember it happening in real time. I think I remember my dad's reaction more than anything else. He was pissed. You,
1: you in, in real time, you couldn't really tell if it was a nipple or not until you saw the still picture. you like, yep. oh, yeah, that's totally a nipple. Yep.
2: When did that happen? No, it was, she had a pasty on.
1: Yeah but, yeah, but it was a see-through pasty. It was pretty clear.
2: I thought it was a glittered, like, heart pasty.
1: Mm-mm.
2: See, look at this. Now we just don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I remember Janet Jackson from the If video. I mean... Yeah. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Rich, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Uh yeah, I it. regret it, but you know, <laughs> it's a fun lesson that learned. Oh well, I appreciate your honesty.
1: Uh <laughs> I'm I'm with Rich. <laughs> oh come, <I> come <laughs>
0: uh, well, yeah. Um closing thoughts. I'll 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 give it to you first. Boobs are great.
2: That's my closing thought here. You not know, there's in. been a lot of talk about testicles here. Testes, they're good. Keep them inside, right? Don't let those things mm-hmm. fall out. And two, Janet Jackson, although it might have been a, a positive or negative moment in your life uh, for watching the Super Bowl, not talking to Janet directly, but you know, <laughs> those of us that saw. Uh, remember, boobs are still good, kids, and gentlemen and men.
1: And everybody, everybody loves boobs.
2: Everybody loves boobs. Sure. Everybody. Everybody. I,
0: I can support that.
2: And that's a positive thing that'll keep you from putting a gun in your mouth too. So mental health, we've made it a full circle. I
1: I can't argue that at all. Nope. That's Gentlemen,
2: I'm, I'm less of a police <laughs> officer and more of like Plato or Nostradamus <laughs> in a
1: way that I can just. <laughs> so you need, like he's, a, he needs to write a book now that way like you can add Homer bullshit. in there.
0: When is your, uh, when is your, uh, your speaking Ted tour? Yeah. Know. Your Ted talk coming. That's, uh,
1: I should make a round
2: through, uh, through these United States. I'd be like, the reality check. Sitting down, <laughs> Q&A with angry cops. Real life advice for morons who can't think for themselves. <laughs> In parentheses, boobs are good.
0: I, I 100% support that. And uh, please let me know. I'll send that out to our tens of viewers. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. angry cops. The less arrogant Andrew Tate of bald white guys. <laughs> The more abrasive Dr. Phil of bald white
0: guys. <laughs> uh, I don't think you're more abrasive than him. He's kind of an asshole. <laughs>
2: the more abrasive uh, <laughs> version of Joe Rogan.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Everybody the less, a, the less alien conspiracy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Chris. Closing thoughts.
1: No, man. He said all the boobs are good. Nice. You can't top that.
0: I, can't top I I appreciate I appreciate that, and uh, I appreciate your input tonight and participation in this podcast.
1: Hey man, I'm just here to sit here and look good.
0: And failed oh, you're on doing both a, counts. You do <laughs> half of that job really really well. It's a, <laughs> opinions right.
1: vary, man. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh. Opinions vary. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for stopping by. Look, if you are struggling, uh, reach out. There are resources out there. If you know somebody that's struggling. Reach out, talk to them, let them know that you give a shit. Let them know what resources are out there, um, and uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by, and thanks to uh, Angry Cops Rich High for uh, joining us on the show tonight. It was a treat.
2: You're welcome. Yeah, check me out on the YouTube's, the Facebook's, the Instagrams, Angry Cops.
0: Oh yeah, we'll we'll, I,
1: we'll don't don't forget about TikTok there. Oh <laughs> yeah, we're oh, all over TikTok.
0: We'll uh, yeah, we'll... yeah. go ahead.
2: And I was going to say, like, every once in a while, I'll go on TikTok and I'll, I'll scroll through some videos and stuff, you know, when I'm, like everybody else does, and lives will pop out, live streams. I'll see that it's a military member, and I'll pop on. I'll be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> ask some random questions. You ever poop in 190-degree for John? What's your favorite drill sergeant story? And I'll just, I'll shit with him for a couple minutes and then scoot <laughs> off into the ether. And my favorite reaction is, holy shit, it's angry cops. And I always respond, <laughs> drill sergeants are always watching.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even get to talk about drill sergeant stuff uh that'll be next time yeah, yeah it'll be part time. two
1: all right parentheses okay. boobs are good are still Prentices good boobs are better are better yeah there you go there you go I, I like, like it. it they're more important <laughs> mm. i can't agree I can't disagree with that
0: <laughs> no all right thanks everybody <laughs>